Takes from New Jersey. It's the SNL Nerds, the show where two comics from New Jersey nerd out about Saturday Night Live. <laughs> I'm your co-host, Darren Patterson. What's going on? You just seem to, like, lose all enthusiasm in the middle of that. You were just like, the show where two comics from New Jersey nerd out about Saturday Night Live. I was trying to be, like, smooth with it. It just sounded like you were so, you just got deflated emotionally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, we, we we didn't finish the intro. We should give our names. Yeah, I'm Darren Patterson. I'm your co-host, John Drumble, and Darren just is amusing me right right from the rip. Yeah, I'm an amusing person. I'm you really are. You really are. We actually, uh, yeah, we got to see each other physically on Thursday. Yes, uh, we were physical. Yeah. We, I went out to uh, Just Jake's in Montclair because the non-productive uh, comedy show, they do a monthly comedy show there in Montclair, New Jersey, and you were one of the comics at their first show back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a show that we uh, do in Montclair, but of course we stopped, you know, because the world died. And yes. um, it's a show that I'm starting to run now with my good friend, Evan Morgan Stern, and uh, the one and only Mr. John Minus. And I, th- I think, like... Like, while we were out, like, I was talking to both of them, and I think John was like, you know, should we get this show started again? And I was like, yeah, we should. Like, people enjoy the show. People people need to laugh. People need laughter. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, last, uh, or this a couple days ago, that was our first uh, show back, our big return. The place was yeah. packed out. Mm-hmm. All the comics did hilariously. We had a, a past guest, Natty Bumper Car, there in attendance. Yes. Uh, friends of the podcast, Brad and Katie from the Decomposition podcast, which uh, mm-hmm. hopefully will be starting up again soon. And um, it was a delightful evening had by all. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was a good night. You did uh, very well. It was fun for me because I got to see a lot of newish material from you that I haven't seen you do before. So most of the jokes you did were new to me. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, actually, a lot of those jokes I've, I have done before, but I knew that a lot of people haven't. Uh, heard them yet so i was like all right i'll go through these and uh you know i you know i know these things will knock it out the park (laughs) so i just swag it on up to the mic i crushed as always dropped Mm -hmm. the microphone like dave Chappelle, and just sauntered out that bitch you were gangsta yeah you were gangsta yeah (laughs) so uh, yeah i I took a picture of uh you and me and then i took a picture of you me and our super producer frank ablawi because it is kind of rare these days that all of us are in the same place at the same time. It is. It is. It is. I like. It's one of those things where, like, I'm just starting now to sort of get him back into, into the swing of you know seeing my comedian friends and doing the hang after. Because like mm-hmm. I used to do it all the time. You know, back when I had that you know that grind, that hustle where I just do all the shows in Brooklyn and uh, you know yeah. New Jersey and you know Rockland County, wherever. And I was like, oh, yeah. And, and like, I used to do that. But then, of course, the world died. And then I just stopped doing it. And I was just, you know, staying at home watching YouTube videos. So, like, so like uh, the last show we did, it was, it was like, you know, like, it was all coming back to me. I was starting to feel, like, the familiar feelings of, oh, yeah. You were like this. a Celine Dion song. Yes. If you love me like this. And then I heal. Just like that. Just it like all, that. It all came back to me. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this. Yeah. I remember yeah. This. It's like you know, you're getting the cobwebs out, riding a bike. I, yeah, I'm not there yet. I haven't, I gotta, but I gotta get it back up there uh, sometime soon. After my life stabilizes a bit more. I mean, I, uh, 
and I'm not going to get into it all again. I went into it last week um, mm. at the end of the show. So, um, but yeah, I, I gotta I gotta wait for the the rest of my life to kind of get back to normal before I can really get back on stage on a regular, semi-regular basis. I think. No, understood, understood. You you have to you do you. Self care comes first, mm-hmm. and then. Um... Once you're stable, you can get hit up some open mics and uh, yeah. be amongst uh, like-minded, stable-minded people. Yeah, stable in every sense of the word. Yes. See, l- see, listeners. The joke is, if you ever go to an open mic, you'll 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 hear some of the most unstable, wacky people you ever meet in your life. Yep. 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 A lot of comedians. Uh, they've they've got they've got problems. They've got issues. They've got. And yeah, I count myself among that. <laughs> a lot of open micers just need a hug. Yeah, really, truly, just, just a hug and to know that they're loved. That's all they really, they really need. Yep, they don't need it. They don't need a drink ticket. They need. We should start an open mic with that just has a group hug at the end. Everybody gets a hug at the end of their set. I would go to that mic, man. <laughs> just a hug. The just them uh, silently sobbing into your shoulder. Yes, like, that is so needed in the comedy community. Like, yes, we like, should do that. Why won't she love me? <laughs> you know, just at the end of everybody, every comedian set, the host comes out, hugs the comic, and says, "It's not your fault." <laughs> God, <laughs> not you too, host. Not you. Yeah. No way. Not you. So, um, all right. Well, why don't we get? to the point of yes. this podcast, which is us talking about Saturday Night Live. This week, we are, of course, doing uh, Dave Chappelle and Black Star, Season 48, Episode 6, from November 12th, 2022. Uh, yeah, this uh, this was an episode, like, I'll admit, like, I was, uh, was kind of dreading this episode, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because when it was announced, people were like, uh-oh, because, of course, yeah. you know, he's... Uh, David says some not so great things about trans people, very transphobic stuff. Yeah. I don't agree with or align with at all. Right. So, Me neither. Uh, Me yes, neither. yes. So, think, yeah. Well, you, I, I want to clarify that both of us do not align with that. Oh, right. Yeah, I should say that. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> the way you cue that up, it's, it 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 was like you were getting ready for me to go. I disagree, but you know, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I un- unfortunately had to, you know. block some people on the on the the twitter account this week the snl nerds twitter account just because yeah people are coming in hot from both sides yeah a lot of a lot of hot a lot of hot takes on this one because uh like i said like i wasn't really looking forward to it uh, especially since on monday uh celeste yim put out something on her uh, on their shit on their instagram saying you know yeah talking about you know coming out as trans and uh, like it wasn't, and that, uh, and that they use they them pronouns, and then uh, I believe Celestium wrote uh, uh, transphobia is murder, and uh, well, hey, let me, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can pull it up. But yeah, she she put out something that wasn't, you know, she didn't mention Chappelle by name right. or anything like that. But it is interesting that she put this out the week that Chappelle was hosting. All right, so. Well, they, it was very it was very telling, and the, there was also reports that some uh, people on the writing staff, and I don't have a list or anything, were boycotting this week. Yeah, I don't. I think that might have been debunked. I don't think that. Happened. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if that's a rumor or not. 
Um, Chappelle's people were definitely denying that. Right. Uh, all right. So Celestium put up on her Instagram store on on their God damn it on their Instagram stories. I'm trans and non-binary. I use they them pronouns. Transphobia is murder, and it should be condemned. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if we retweeted that, you know, because we yeah. stand in solidarity. We got back some. Yeah, and and I, in, you know, I, I I wrote something like, "Oh, we're sure it's just a chill week at at Thirty Rock." Um, right. And then just to make it clear where we fell on this, I included the hashtag trans rights or human rights. Right. Um, and, and I ran that by you. And yep. you said, yeah, that's good. Go with it. And so I said, okay, yeah, let's do that. Um, and yeah. And then we, we got retweeted by someplace. And I think that drew some fire towards us, not in a big way, but enough. yeah, we, exactly. Enough it, to be irritating. Exactly. Yeah. It, it yeah. got rough. It is weird how like the people who, you know, a certain group of people who say, Oh, the left is a bunch of snowflakes. They're so sensitive. They can't take a joke. But when we retreat something that's like very genuine like this, they see mm-hmm. it as a, an affront to them. They get as triggered by something like that yeah. as they, as the left, you know, snowflake that they complain about get triggered about certain jokes mm-hmm. and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's weird they don't see the hypocrisy. But uh, mm. but yeah, yeah. I mean. The... <laughs> That crowd, they don't seem to be uh, terribly open-minded, and yeah, mm. they don't they they don't have great irony te- detectors. Oh, you don't say. Yeah, so let's let's say that. Yeah. Um, uh, so that happened, and also uh, Bone Yang put out on his Instagram stories. Uh, I think like the next day, uh, transphobia results in trans suicidality. The people uh-huh. most likely to kill themselves are black trans people, and then non-black trans people. Uh, again, it's not any. It, it, you know, uh, Chappelle isn't mentioned by name, but it right. is interesting that he would put this out the week that Chappelle was hosting. So it's like they're sort of yeah. Own little... And I, I was going to mention this later on, but this might be a good place to say it. I did notice that Bowen was not on stage. Yeah, he was not sharing a stage with Dave Chappelle. Bowen was in the opening sketch, which. As per usual, the host was not in. Mm. And I don't remember Bowen popping up much again. Did he did he do anything directly with Chappelle? No, he did not. Okay. Well, so maybe that's the answer to the question. I don't know. Yeah, Bowen was just in the cold open and that was it, mm-hmm. which is interesting because he's one of the rising stars of SNL. He's in a, he's usually in a lot of stuff. So yeah. the fact that he's only in the cold open is uh very telling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the the fact that he wasn't at Good Nights, yeah, that too. Base, I think that said a lot. Indeed, indeed. So uh, with all these things happening, I think I even texted you at one point, like, um, I'm getting nervous. I don't know about this episode. It's, it's. I'm feeling. I'm, I got a bad feeling about this boss. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> He is using boss as slang. I am not Darren's boss. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I'm just using it as a like slang, a pejorative or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's I, an affectionate nickname. <laughs> exactly. Yes. He's my, yeah. Uh, John's my. Bruce you call me boss. That's not a good look, Darren. <laughs> yeah, I know. John's the Bruce Springsteen to my uh, Clarence uh, Clemens. <laughs> He's the boss. Uh, 
but yeah, so like I wasn't, I was feeling very nervous about this episode. I didn't know what he was going right. to say. I didn't know how hot he was going to come in. Right. Um, and I will say, I still stand by what I what I've said before. I I don't agree with his uh, transphobic. Uh, the things he said is his transphobic mm-hmm. stance. The, his jokes I thought came across very angry in his last few specials. I don't stand by any of that. And that being said, in my opinion, I think this was the strongest episode we've had all season so far. Yeah, I I would agree. I will give the devil its due. Um, yeah, uh, I never. I didn't have a great deal of fear or concern that Chappelle would do anti-trans stuff on SNL because I just think he has more sense than that. I don't, I think yeah. he, he's smart enough and savvy enough to realize this is not the forum for it. Like that's a thing I do in my specials. I'm not trying to justify that. I'm just saying he's smart enough to know. That. Right. He, I would say that because like, yeah, the, um, the whole trans thing doesn't get brought up at all in his monologue. Uh, it doesn't get. Yeah, I, I, I have thoughts on the monologue, and we'll and we'll Ooh. get into that in a minute. But first, we should talk about the cold open. Um, Let's do it. Cold open. So okay, so we got the Fox and Friends cold open, and we've got uh, who was it? We had Mikey and Heidi and Bowen as the hosts of the Fox and Friends. Yeah, and of course, um, it's them talking about the uh, the midterms that just passed. How. You know, before that, everybody was talking about, oh, it's going to be a big red wave, big red wave. It's going to be Republicans galore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, that did not happen. Uh, the Democrats uh, performed uh, quite well. And I believe they, uh, the Democrats still have control of the Senate as of this yeah. uh, recording. I think uh, like they won in Nevada and uh, another place. If I'm, if I'm yeah, the, the latest I've heard, and we're recording this on uh, Sunday afternoon on the 13th, the day after the SNL. I've heard that the Democrats should have control of the Senate and they might get control of the House. I mean, but honestly, it's like and it's barely a majority. It's, it's basically like 50 50. Mm. But for a midterm, when it usually goes big towards the other side, that's kind of huge. Yeah. So. Um, so, yeah. So this whole red wave thing turned out to be, uh, you know, very conflated. All the candidates that Trump endorsed lost. And so now what we're seeing is um, a lot of people kind of backing away from Trump. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I don't watch Fox at all, but apparently like Fox News is sort of kind of turning their back on Trump. They even uh, on the, in the sketch, they even brought up a real headline that they have in the New York Post where it said like Trumpy Dumpty making fun of him and just kind of saying he's a right. loser now, which, think, which think... is a real one. Like I didn't even like, I did see yeah. that that uh, newspaper in the store one day. And I was like, oh, is the New York Post? Because the New York Post was like a huge into Trump. They were like super right. mega. So like now I to think, see them I think what happened is like Rupert Murdoch pulled that lever in his office that's in whichever level of hell his office is in. Um, <laughs> he, he pulled that lever just and like a big sign went up at Fox News and all the right wing outlets saying like, we, we dislike Trump now. And this sketch, it kind of made the point that they don't dislike Trump because of any of the heinous shit he's done. They they dislike him because he's loose, and now he's like a burden on the party. Yeah, and that's even uh, that's even more disgusting. That rubs that rubs me the wrong way even. Yeah, more. yeah. I think I think that's a great point to make. It is. Um. So, uh, I th- I think the audience was really hot. 
Very hot audience. Very hot, hot audience. Lots of laughs. They're killing with the material. Uh, we had Cecily Strong come on as Arizona candidate uh, Carrie Lake, and I think that race is still in question at the time uh, we're recording this. I believe she's so. Showing up as Carrie Lake again in, in the soft focus. Uh, again, Cecily's just killing it. She's a strong performer, no pun intended. Um, claiming that the election is rigged unless she's winning and they go back and forth because like all these races seem to be so close. It seems like most anybody who won just won by a little over 50. And I don't know if that's a reflection of the genuine divide in our country or if it's more of a reflection of gerrymandering where they're redrawing all the districts. It might be both. I don't know. Where It, it could be both. It could be both. But, yeah, I mean, it, it is so weird, like, in this country, like, how kind of antiquated our voting system is. Like, we can order food mm-hmm. and car service through an app, like, with no problem. But when yeah. it comes to something like, you know, choosing our democracy and choosing the person who's going to, like, be, you know, enacting laws. No, no, you got to go to this high school auditorium and pull a lever yeah. that some uh, 90-year-old man is uh, manning. I will say that when I went to vote on Tuesday and I went to vote in person, um, I I voted in advance through the mail before, but I just didn't do it on this election. They have in my district, they've upgraded the systems a bit. Like every worker has like basically an iPad to set you up and you you sign on there and all that. They gave me like a physical sheet Mm. to insert into the voting machine. And then after I enter in my votes, it prints out those how I voted on the sheet uh, behind a screen and then after i say yes you got that correct it that that paper zips off and so that was new yeah i think yeah I, I mean i say the lever pulling thing but like mm-hmm. I, i'll admit like when i voted it was pretty much the same thing like we signed it on an ipad uh they right. gave me a piece of paper with a marker i filled in the circles and then i put the paper in like a like this big machine that looked like a dumpster Pretty much, but I'm pretty. Sure, but it was a machine. It wasn't an actual dumpster. Yeah. And they weren't literally putting your your votes in a dumpster. So. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but I mean, I'm just I'm just used to remembering seeing those old school voting machines from the '60s just being uh-huh. around until at least like 2017 or so. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I've definitely seen upgrades in my area. Um, but oh, okay. Well, let's get back to the sketch. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I felt like the energy dipped a little bit when they had James Austin Johnson come in as Trump calling in. Uh, yeah, like it is weird. With I, don't, I feel so bad for James because he has this perfect Trump impression, but it's just coming right. in at a time where no one wants to hear from Trump anymore. He's kind of missed his window because yeah. he he didn't come on to the show until after the Trump years ended, and I feel like, um. Honestly, I look at Trump now, the like at the end of a horror movie where you think the killer is dead, but he hasn't come back to life yet, but he's going to come back for that one last scare. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like the audience, or the audience at SNL at least, was similarly exhausted with Trump. And it's no reflection on James's impression or his performance. No, it's a pitch perfect Trump. It's like, yeah, it's really good. It's just... No one wants to hear that anymore. <laughs> like we're but, done. Yeah, even when I see impressions of of Trump and or jokes about Trump, it's just I've so long ago reached my threshold on that dude. Yeah, that even with like good impressions, I'm just like, oh no, I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to deal with that. Not today. I don't wanna, 
I don't want to be reminded he's he exists. <laughs> yeah, but I will admit, like uh, I, I mean, even there was, even though there was maybe a dip in the mm-hmm. energy, I did think um, James Austin Johnson was pretty funny in Trump because yeah, he was playing. He was. He was. Yeah, because he was playing Trump at. Because uh, I didn't even know this was happening, but uh, Trump's daughter Tiffany uh, got married this weekend, so he played Trump at his yeah. daughter's wedding. And, uh, mm-hmm. of course, the Fox News people are trying to play it off. Like they don't really want to talk to him because he's a loser now. Right. Uh, and uh, But I do like the things where he's like, hey, don't you have to go uh, to your daughter's wedding now? And he, he was like, oh, no, it's, it's fine. They're just doing the vows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're just doing the vows. And, and like, Heidi Wimborchios goes, don't you need to walk her down the aisle? He goes, yeah, missed it. Uh, <laughs> the joke being that Trump is more concerned about calling into Fox News than he is about his least favorite daughter getting married <laughs> so oh boy i i yeah pretty much um yeah so i i thought it was i thought it was pretty good i i thought the stuff before trump came on was a little more solid and i think the audience was definitely responding to that more but uh pretty good uh, yeah uh wasn't long thing. wasn't long which i like um yeah i like I'm this glad we don't have those sprawling cold opens anymore this was well, this was six fifty on YouTube, so that's still kind of lengthy. Uh, but... It's not terrible. It's not like what it used to be. Yeah, it's not like seven, eight, nine minutes. Yeah, but it's just I... like, oh my god. Yeah, just when yeah. I yeah, so, yeah, so it, it didn't feel like it was just kind of yeah, you know, uh, just kind of running in circles, which I appreciate. And, I like. I and I think part trend. of the reason was that because they knew they had Dave Chappelle, a really strong stand up on, and usually when they have a really strong stand up on, they let them do like a full 10, 15 minute monologue. And the, this week was no exception. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's go, let's go into it. Monologue. Monologue. Uh, monologue. So, uh, monologue. 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 Chappelle, when he came out, did you notice this? He didn't come out to the SNL theme, like they, they transitioned from the SNL opening theme to a New Orleans style funeral march. I did notice it, it sounded like the opening of uh, Try a Little Tenderness by Otis Redding, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Okay. Which I thought was very, I've like, I've never seen a I've band do that. I've never seen that before. I've never seen the house band transition from the SNL, you know, and it's a big up energy theme to, something kind of downbeat and and he he Chappelle comes out very slowly I don't know what that was I guess that was a joke that I just didn't quite get or something or they were trying something that didn't quite work I, I just didn't get where that was coming from I mean it's it's it, it felt like something he requested maybe he wanted to like set the tone yeah. for his well he, he starts set? out his monologue by saying I have to read a brief statement and he he takes it out of piece of paper and he says like i denounce anti-semitism in all its forms and then he folds up the paper and says and that kanye is how you buy yourself some time so maybe he was just doing that to make it look like he was coming out to start his monologue with an apology i guess i'm not sure what the uh i mean i'm assuming it was it was something he asked for to set the tone but yeah i can't yeah but yeah either way it was a very uh interesting choice i'll say it was an interesting choice i don't think it entirely worked um not really but i, I will still- say I, I mean, I will say it's interesting. Like he, uh, I mean, you'll probably go into it, but yeah, he starts mm-hmm. talk, talking, uh, making jokes about the Jewish people, which uh, something I said in the last episode that he might do. And sure yeah. enough, here we are. About half the monologue was all about Kanye West or Yee, I guess as he's calling himself now. 
um, and him being very anti-Semitic. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, and, um, and basically it was basically about how, you know, the Jews just, well, I shouldn't say that, Jesus Christ, <laughs> yeah. uh, the Jew- Jewish people just sort of immediately sort of cut him off and took, a, you know, took his money or, or took his yeah, deals uh, back. He, he had a good line. He said, you know, you, one thing I've learned is you should never put the words the and Jews together because it's never going to end well. I That's why I walked that right back, what I said. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, I, I knew what you meant. Um, and and he, he, he talks about this a lot. And I thought it was very impressive that he went on this while ignoring the huge elephant that was standing behind him in the same room. Mm. I just, uh, yeah, it, it was him, him, like all this commenting on Kanye when he has his own shit. It, it's a weird look, man. It is. Uh, I think it's, I think it's like you said, it's one of those things where he's like, well, I could talk about the, of course, the trans thing and everything, right. but that, you know that that would make everything a little uncomfortable, or maybe he just didn't have a good take on it, or he didn't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It, like to yeah. avoid all the backlash he's gotten on the trans stuff, and then just spend probably at least seven minutes of his monologue on Kanye and the anti-Semitic stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's weird. It, it's a choice. It's I don't a choice. Quite get the choice and. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is a choice. And I think maybe because it's sort of more in the zeitgeist right now, of course, with mm-hmm. uh, Kyrie Irving and Kanye and how. Yeah. I mean, that, that stuff has definitely gotten more press. Yeah. Like, he even made a joke about how Kanye got into so much trouble that Kyrie Irving got, got in trouble. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's funny. That's a funny observation. It's a funny line. He had he had funny lines. He was like, "Oh yeah, Adidas was founded by Nazis, and they were offended." Yeah, which um, is something I didn't even. I think I I knew, but I didn't remember until he mentioned it. And then I looked yeah, it up. I didn't, I didn't do the googling to fact check that. Um, yeah, apparently I give him the benefit of the doubt and say, okay, he he knows what he's talking about, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, like uh, it was Adidas was founded in Germany, and uh, the person who founded it was like a German cobbler, and I believe his name was Adolf uh dossler and he oh great okay well <laughs> and he did yeah he was a member of the nazi party so but i, I well. think yeah yeah i think um adidas has come forward and said like, yeah that is true our founder was a nazi but we denounce him and everything like they're they're, they're definitely trying yeah. to sever ties between them and the founder but yeah the, i think and i also looked it up i saw that uh the founder of adidas he had a brother who and he founded puma sneakers which I thought was interesting too, and but and huh. he was he was also a member of the Nazi Party, which big is... Nazi family. Okay, uh, yeah. So uh, I don't think about that next time you go shoe shopping. Honestly, the older you get, the more you find out that like everything is horrible to some degree. Yep, <laughs> there's there's something heinous in almost everybody's closet. <laughs> That's right. Everybody's got a horrible past. Yeah. Um. So then finally Chappelle like kind of moves on to other topics. He he talks about he talks about the midterms. He mentioned Herschel Walker is observedly stupid, which I thought was a nice way to put it. Yeah. Um, I, I I did like that. <laughs> yeah, he he points out 
the, the Trump era is not over. He says like, hey, I, I live in Ohio. Uh, people in Ohio have never seen anything like Trump because he's an honest lion. He, he says like, I know the system is rigged because I used it. <laughs> and yeah. Which is, he has, I mean, Chappelle as a stand-up, he, he does have really interesting takes on topics. He does. Like, I think uh, there was that one joke he said where he talked about, yeah, he had like documents all over his, at his house. And he How said, Trump did. Trump did. He had Trump, you know, he had yeah. all those documents at Mar-a-Lago. And then he said, like, that looks suspicious because like, look, I've had a number of jobs and I've been let go from a number of jobs before and I've stolen from jobs. And you know, the one mm-hmm. thing I never steal from work, work. I thought that was a, that was a solid line. I'll give him that's that. a great line. That was a great line. I also liked his line about how uh, Trump colluding with Russia or allegedly colluding Russia. Russia, I guess I should say. Um, and he says, you know, Melania is like the woman that James Bond would smash but not trust. I thought that's a great line. It's a good um, line. It's I love I love it when I hear a comedian talking on current events and it makes me laugh. But I also have a moment where I go huh, you know, I never looked at it from that angle. That makes a decent point. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, and that's the, uh, that's, I guess, the dichotomy with Chappelle. Like, he'll say, like, these, yeah. these, you know, some, certain things that I don't agree with, but then he'll say some other things that are like, oh, that's actually a really interesting take on it. So it's one of those. It's, yeah, and I, mm. and I don't demand that I always agree with a comedian's point of view. If you're a really skillful comedian, you can make me laugh even when I vehemently disagree with you. Right. Um, uh, I mean, I a good because a good joke's a good joke. That's true. I did like how he ended it, where he's talking about how all these how white people are now kind of at the place where black people have been at for years, where you know white mm-hmm. people are like, "Oh, you can't trust the government. I can't feed my family." And black people are like, "Yeah, right. We've been, we've been there. We've been talking about that." Or, um, yeah. you know, white people are like, "Oh, we got to dismantle the FBI." And Black people are like, yeah, we've been saying that since MLK got shot. Like, yeah. you're yeah. just catching up now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, kind of similar to uh, that that famous sketch that he did after the uh, 2016 election, where Chris Rock had a cameo, and right. I think it was Cecily Strong's character was like, guys, I think America's racist, and Chappelle and Chris Rock are going, oh, really? You think so? <laughs> hmm. Okay. You don't say, huh? Um, yeah. I think there was also a weird thing that he said earlier on where he said that Jewish people have been through terrible stuff, but you can't blame that on black Americans. And I, yeah. I, heard, that, I heard that and I was just like, is that a thing? I and, and maybe I'm showing off my ignorance here, but is is that a thing? I don't know. Yeah, I, I think that's see, again, this is like the this is where I yeah. I'm, I'm so split on Chappelle. Like he like I said, he does say those jokes that I do like that I just said, like uh you know, right. FBI and whatnot. But then he'll say something like that. Uh, I mean, if you want to go and back you're to... Like, yeah, he did say a few things about the Jewish community where I was like, ah, like, um, yeah. like the, you know, like the relationship black people and Jewish have had for that throughout the years. I mean, if you just look into all the things that have happened in, uh, in Crown Heights in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's pretty dicey. I'm like, yeah, I, okay. I yeah. Don't agree with that part, he said. So, but... I mean, my basic feeling is it was a strong monologue. He's still a great stand-up, but he also needs to look at his own shit. Yes, I think. Yes, that's, I, that's I the bottom line for me. Yeah, I think. I think I said that before, where he kind of comes across as sort of this sort of I don't want to say know it all, but definitely like maybe maybe a bit of a know it all, where he kind of is very mm-hmm. he knows he kind of knows everything, and everything he says is 
true and he's just spitting the truth. But right. I would love for him to be a little bit more introspective and maybe look into more why he thinks the things he thinks. Like he I think yeah. he also had that joke about how, you know, he has been to Hollywood and yeah, there are a lot of Jews there. Um mm-hmm. but you know, but that but then that doesn't mean anything, but like he understands how people could make the connection about how they run the Holly how Jewish people run Hollywood just because there's a bunch of people in Hollywood. But then again, that doesn't mean anything. But and then he yeah. then he I goes mean, on to say that's yeah, that's not a great insight. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. But then he goes on yeah. to say, well there's a lot of black people in Ferguson, Missouri. That doesn't mean that black people are running running the, the city. Right. Yeah, true. So like he um, walks he walks that line. He yeah. kind of goes over it a little bit, I think, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in this uh, monologue. Um, yeah, so some mixed feelings on the monologue from both of us, I think. Um, yeah, I would say so. I know, I know it seems like we've, we've been spending a long time on just the opening sketch and the monologue, but this was a third of the show. We are now a half hour into the show. The show is a third over already. I will say, yeah, this was a very short show. It felt short. Well, it's just because the monologue was so damn long. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because it was, I looked at my uh, my clock and it was close to midnight when Chappelle finished his monologue. And I was like, wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we got to wrap this up. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Um, so, uh, yeah, first sketch. Let's get into it. First sketch. Uh, it's called Potato Hole. Mm. Um, this is taking place during a TV news magazine show called PM in the Afternoon, which that title is so dumb it is genius. <laughs> Whoever I don't I don't have the this week's writers up on my screen. Do you have the uh give me one minute, I will find them because yeah. they were put up. But uh well you you okay. uh, keep talking about it, I'll find it. Yeah, so um we've got Heidi and Andrew as uh the hosts of of this uh sketch, and then uh Dave Chappelle is on there as uh Blues musician Willie T. Hawkins, and uh, his his sketch is called "In My Potato Hole." Oh, uh, the album he has. Yeah, the or excuse me, yeah, the album he's he's promoting is called "In My Potato Hole." Right. And uh, the host, of course, they seize on this unusual title, and they're like, "Oh, what's a potato hole?" And they're assuming it's some sort of sexual euphemism. They're like, "Oh, well, you know." Could, could I do this in my potato hole? Can we say potato hole on on TV? Uh, can I touch my wife on her potato hole? <laughs> you know, and they're trying right. to do that 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 morning show or afternoon show thing of keeping it light, but still like you know vaguely sexual. Right. Uh, then it goes over to Chloe, who's the weather girl or weather woman, and uh, she mm-hmm. says it's the same thing. She says you know she talks about the weather, and then she works in. Oh, you gotta! It's raining out. You be careful to hopefully get your potato hole dry. I just, mm-hmm. I just love saying potato. It's just a fun word to say. Right, uh, right. Then we go to uh, Michael Longfellow, a new cast mm-hmm. member who's like the sports guy. I like how he came in where he's talking about the PGA is in full swing. Pun. <laughs> yeah. And then of course he talks about potato hole as well. And then suddenly the whole uh, news gang needs to know what the, the definition of potato hole which is something mm-hmm. that uh, the blues man does not really want to get into. but they're... Yeah, he, he, he's sort of saying, oh, I don't want to get into it. And again, the hosts are assuming it's something sexual. And the the turn here, I really did not see coming. Because like literally right before the turn, I wrote in my notes, 
because I wasn't enjoying the sketch too much. I was just like, mm. oh, this is another one of those sketches where we we just do this one thing and we just beat this one joke for however many minutes it is. And I literally wrote in my notes, what is happening with the sketches they're picking to lead off the show? Because I, up until this point, I was like, oh, this is kind of a weak sketch. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And then Chappelle, finally, they just kind of browbeat him into saying, <laughs> and he just says, a potato hole is where slaves used to hide their food from plantation owners so they could hang on to like one bit of their humanity. And everyone is just like horrified. Right. And I looked it up and that is a thing. Like uh, a potato hole was like, you know, they dig a hole in the ground, keep your food and possessions of the slaves. Right. Do. And yeah, I, I love the turn. I thought this turn was fantastic. The, I thought, I think it was a genius turn. I did not see it coming at all uh so the the term potato hole i'm assuming was new to you as well it unfortunately yeah i, I didn't know about it but and then i looked it up i was like oh yeah. this this actually was a thing yeah i mean i figured it had to be true because it was just so specific and so horrifying i was like that has to be a real thing yep and <laughs> yeah and of course that now everybody in the, in the newsroom is uh devastated and right <laughs> Uh, yeah. And then of course, Heidi's like, Oh, uh, so you want to play us out with a uh, tasty lick? And of course and he's like, no, <laughs> no, I do not. <laughs> and we're out. And then end the and sketch. And I, I liked how abruptly it ended. I loved how abrupt the turn was. I loved how, I mean, they, they, they suckered me into thinking that they were serving up one kind of comedy sketch. And then at the very end, boom, you know, just a, lay a haymaker on you and, they hit you with that. I mean, that that was just genius. Yeah, it was genius. This was uh, written by uh, Mike D. Desenzo and Jake Nordwind, by the way. Yeah, but uh, I agree with you. Like, I for a minute I thought, you know, them all saying potato hole, potato hole. I was like, all right, where is this going? And mm-hmm. but then I realized, like after the the turn comes, I was like, oh, they needed that in order to like really hit right for that for that turn to hit hard. So yeah, it makes yeah. sense. And then like the fact that it was like super short, they just said that one joke and got out of there. I thought, you know, totally helped. Yeah. The, this the, uh, one thing I really admire about the sketch, it did not overstay its welcome. It's a three and a half minute sketch. Right. Uh, so yeah, I really liked the sketch. I thought it was mm-hmm. fantastic. Thumbs up. Really good. Uh, strong opening to the show uh, or to the sketch section, I should say. Absolutely. Um, all right. So next we have a pre-tape called House of the Dragon. Um, there's, it looks like there's a little confusion as to who wrote this. It's a, uh, on Reddit, they're crediting Colin Jost with the introduction, but they don't know who wrote the rest of the sketch. So that's still up in the air. I would not be surprised if some Chappelle show writers were involved with this. Yeah. That's another thing about this episode. It felt very much like a old episode of Chappelle show. It didn't really feel like, yeah. like, uh, SNL at all. Real. Well, some parts did, but for the most part, it didn't. Just because they were also messing with I the think, format a little bit. which we'll I think it was kind of a melding of their sensibilities. Mm. Um, it, it seemed like a, a decent mix between SNL and Chappelle's show to me. Yeah. And right. I, th- I think they achieved that in some sketches better than others. Um, yeah, yeah, but, absolutely. But yeah, this this one was just kind of... Uh, it was it was talking like it starts out with Dave Chappelle introducing it like it's a Chappelle show sketch. And that really gave the it the feel of the old Chappelle show. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then he uh, it's, it's him talking about Game of Thrones or uh, the House yeah. of Dragons and 
Game of Thrones, uh, Game which, of which is the Game of Thrones prequel. Yes. And he's saying, uh, you know, and it's, it kind of weirds me out because we've got all these black characters with blonde hair and it's unusual. And, and we start out, we've got Keenan, Ego, and Punky, all as black characters with white hair. Um, and they're just interacting and, you know, they're making their, their Game of Thrones gags. Yeah. And then yeah. Uh, Dave comes on there as his old Chappelle show character, Silky Johnson. Yeah. It is weird. Like I, I thought, like the sketch would start off with them kind of making fun of house of dragons. And then it kind of mm-hmm. takes this turn where it's Chapp- uh, Chappelle kind of reintroducing his old Chappelle show characters. Right. You know, and it's, it's similar to a thing he did when he hosted it in 2016, where they did a walking dead sketch and he brought on a lot of his Chappelle shows characters. So mm-hmm. I guess he, I guess he just likes revisiting those characters or maybe he's like, my audience expects me to bring these characters with me. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, yeah, he brought back a uh, Silky Johnson, the the player yeah. hater from the player haters ball sketch. We got a Ice T cameo. We're well, I, we also got Donnell Rawlings from Chappelle Show. Yes, Donnell Rawlings too. Uh, yeah. too. Like uh, I mean, him and Chappelle are super tight, so that made mm-hmm. sense that he would be in the sketch as well. Yeah. Um, then we had Chappelle as uh, his Tyrone Bigums character, the uh, crack addict. Well, they uh, identified him as. Oh, yeah. Well, well, Ice T came on as as light skinned Larry uh, Targaryen, and yeah, and then Chappelle was Tyrone Biggums, his his crack out of character, and then Rick James. Yeah, like uh, I mean, if you're a fan of the Chappelle Show, you remember the Rick James episode. That's probably one. I of think their... even if you're not a fan of Chappelle Show, you're familiar with Rick the Rick James sketch. Yeah, that episode really kind of put them on the map. It it's it's a defining yeah. episode. It's yeah, like, that's, uh, I mean, Charlie Murphy's True Hollywood Stories, where he talks all about this, these crazy encounters that uh, he and his brother Eddie Murphy had back in the day with Rick James, and also a really funny encounter they had with Prince. Oh, yeah. Uh, well. And and Dave Chappelle played both Prince and Rick James, and, you know, I'm Rick James, bitch, became like, kind of a meme of its yeah. day. It became like his catchphrase for some reason. Mm-hmm. And, I mean that was part that was part of why he got tired of Chappelle's show is because like he would be trying to do stand up and audiences would just yell I'm Rick James bitch at him like oh that's that's the thing that's the thing you say that's your that's the th- thing I saw on TV I want you to recreate the sketch I saw on TV say your words say your words say your say the catchphrase say the thing I recognize <laughs> yeah oh um, well we love you audiences thank you please come out to our, our shows. <laughs> Not productive comedy show every first Thursday of every month. We're just mad nobody's shouting catchphrases at us. <laughs> we want to feel what that's like. Yeah, we want to know the power. Um, so yeah, I I didn't feel like there was a whole lot of point to this outside of the Chappelle show cameos. It was it was enjoyable in that regard, but yeah, it was it was fine. Yeah, I mean, I kind of thought this was the weakest sketch of the night. Like, I thought it was all... Yeah, it, I'd agree. Like, it, it starts off with them making fun of the usual tropes of uh, House of the Dragons, you know, you know, incest, uh, betrothing, mm-hmm. you know, uh, mm-hmm. betrothing your uh, daughter to some uh, underage some, kid. Some prepubescent kid, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, and the king is always, like, sick and elderly and his face... Yeah, I, I, that didn't really speak to me just because I've never... I'm not a, a Game of Thrones fan. Never watched it. I'm not just gen. I'm not generally a fan of the fantasy genre. It's just a little too unbelievable for me to get into. Yeah, well, um, I mean, it's, it's fantasy, man. It's worse. It, yeah, it's it's fantasy, but like unlike with science fiction or superheroes or something, I, I just can't really hook into 
fantasy. It's just so far removed from anything I can identify with. I'm just like, yeah, okay. You know, it's great if you enjoy that, but it's, it's not for me. All right, fair enough. Uh, yeah. But yeah, and then the way it turns into just, hey, it's Chappelle's old character. It's from the Chappelle show. I was like, yeah. uh, all right. Um, I thought it was okay. It, it wasn't, it was fine, I guess. But yeah, it definitely... just basically seemed to be like, uh, here we are. We're showing these characters. Yeah. Hey, and remember Rick James? It. Yeah. It was yeah. Mm, not, not the strongest ke- sketch of the night. It was. So uh, yeah, kind of an eh sketch. Yes. All right. Uh, move on to the next. Yes. Barbershop talk. Boom. Um, this is uh, Dave and, well, pretty much all of the black cast members. Yeah. <laughs> They're in a barbershop. And Michael Longfellow is playing another barber, Philip, who uh, awkwardly tries to join in on their conversations. Right. Uh, so it's basically, you know, like I said, barbershop talk. It's all the black people talking about uh, Kanye at, at the start. We're talking about, oh, he messed up mm-hmm. that his money. Like, yeah, I wasn't cool with Kanye until he said what he said about, you know, uh, George Floyd and White Lives Matter. And then, of course, then yeah. Michael Longfellow pipes in and is like, yeah, and the stuff about Jewish people, that wasn't cool too, right? Awkward And silence. whenever Michael Longfellow's character says something, it's just met with stony silence and we just hear the sound of the razor. <laughs> right. Uh, that's, and that was a funny refrain. I thought that worked well. Um, it did take me out of the sketch a little bit when we hear the razor sound stop and we see Chappelle still moving his razor. Yeah, that was a little <laughs> behind his customer's head, and it was like, okay, well, we know you're not using a razor. Yeah, we, we <laughs> didn't seem to be timing it pretty well, but I think he was cueing it. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, then yeah. They, of course it's the, that's pretty much the most of the sketch where after mm-hmm. Kanye, then they talk about Kyrie Irving about how he messed up with his money, and then I think yeah. uh, Michael Longfellow says, yeah, like and. You know, the fact that he refused to take the vaccine, that was weird, too, of course. Right. Stone silence. He's, he's just so desperately trying to join in on the conversation, but his opinions are just so out of sync with the rest of the room. And everyone's just like, oh, OK, yeah. Right. And of course, and then, and then talk about like how Stacey Abrams lost and how, you know, what's going on with that. And then he, Michael Longfellow says, yeah, you know, it's because it's the Bible Belt. It's Georgia. Like it's we're not going to progress unless we s- separate God and politics. Mm-hmm. stone silence uh yeah and then and finally like his his watch goes off and he's like okay well it's 605 that's the end of my shift i'll see you guys tomorrow um hopefully tomorrow i'll get a customer <laughs> <laughs> that was a nice little vision i did like that. that that was nice and and he's like um i hope we're all good i hope i didn't step on any toes and and dave's character is going oh no no hey we're good we're good we're good and then as soon as he leaves he just goes he's police isn't he <laughs> Yep, <laughs> um, I like this sketch. I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. Uh, again, uh, short to the point. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was yeah. make it was doing. There was some commentary there, but it didn't like beat you over the head with it. Yeah, um, you know this uh, sketch, by the way, written by Michael Che, Alex English, and Brian Tucker. So yeah, funny stuff. Yeah, yeah, solid. Uh, Michael Longfellow getting a good. He's getting a good amount of stuff to do on the show. I've noticed. Like yeah, uh, I mean. Uh, I mean, let's face it, like whenever we have a notable black host, it's always good for all the, the African-American cast members. Hell yeah. Yep. You yeah. know, because, you know, they're just going to they're going to write more sketches about the black experience usually. And, you know, more more parts for Keenan and Ego and, and Michael Longfellow. That's right. Yeah. And, you need I mean, and all those and punky. 
and Punky. And in those sketches, you need a you need a corny white guy. That's where uh, Longfellow and Mikey Day come into play. But we'll get to that. Exactly, later. exactly. They were admirably following the uh, the awkward white dudes. I'm, I'm honestly, Michael Longfellow. He's been featured on the show a fair amount, but I'm still six weeks into the season. I still have trouble telling him apart from Marcelo at first glance. Really? They don't look anything alike. Well, they're because they're both like medium build dudes with dark hair. Uh, um, yeah. And you know, a lot of times on on SNL, you're you're seeing people in wigs or or costumes or things, and it's it's tough to sometimes to instantly like uh, register somebody's face, at least for me. Yeah, I guess. But I mean, uh, Longfellow is so much taller than Marcelo. Marcelo, seems- he is taller. I did notice that during the the Good Nights, but. If I don't have the other one standing <laughs> next to him for reference, I can't really tell. I need the big dog, little dog type of uh, yeah, sight. Yeah, like like I mean, during the uh, the potato hole sketch, I wrote I wrote down that it was Marcelo at first, and then later when I was looking again, I was like, oh no, shit, that's Michael Longfellow. So that's not Marcelo, that's Longfellow. Exactly. Okay. All right. Exactly. I'll, I'm sure I'll have it down within a few more weeks. Just yeah. when I I know their faces but it's it's like when i was having trouble when mikey day and alex moffat started on the show at the same time yeah i i I hear you yeah i but i think uh both of them marcello and longfellow are getting a good amount of screen time but yeah i think i know Mm -hmm. what you mean they still haven't had that one defining kind of role that makes them really pop and like separate yeah they they haven't had the super breakout moment yet yeah i but i think it's coming i, I really feel like it's, it's coming, coming and i think the show is doing a much much better job of serving all the new cast members than it used to and, and giving them more opportunities to get on the air and and kill yeah no absolutely absolutely yeah. uh all right and just to clarify when i say what it gives them more opportunities to kill i mean the show enables serial killers yes of course yeah. that's what we're saying Every this is a little known fact about SNL. Every SNL cast has at least one serial killer in the cast. That's right. And we we saw this in the uh, that episode with uh, about the uh, what's it called the the advice given to the new cast members where mm-hmm. Molly had to kill uh, Vladimir Putin. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's based in truth. It's based in truth. I mean, part of the fun of watching SNL is trying to guess who is the current serial killer in the cast. That's right. If you want to be part of SNL, you gotta. You got to show your loyalty, and you got to. You need to sacrifice blood in, blood out. It's 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 how you're made. It's it's like the old, uh, you know, L.A. street gangs where you run the gauntlet. You know? <laughs> That's right. Lauren Michael has like five t- teardrop tattoos, but you don't really see them. <laughs> they beat you down, and then you know you, they are your brothers. That's right. That's how it works. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> God. Uh, Black Star. Let's get into that. Black Star. Uh, these are our musical guests of the week. They, of course, did the the two numbers. What What were the names of the numbers? I don't have them handy. Uh, the The first song they did was called "So Be It," okay. And the second song was called <clears throat> "The Main Thing Is to Keep the Main Thing the Main Thing." Wow. I yeah. I, I had to make. I had to pull that up and make sure I got it right. Yeah, I saw I saw that title on YouTube. I was like, "Oh, that's that's a long title, sir." It's a long one. It's a long one. Um, okay, well, I'll, I guess I'll start off with this one. Uh, like, yeah, I, think, uh, I mean, because you you follow Black Star, they're new to me. Okay. Um, I mean, you you gave me a primer last week, and you were like, "Oh, yeah, it's a Mostaf," but I don't think he goes by that name anymore. And I was like, "Okay, I know Mostaf." Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So it's like it's a. Uh, 
Mostef, who goes by Yasin Bey right now, and uh, okay. Talib Kweli, they came out with an album way back in the late 90s. I want to say, like, either 96 or 90, 96, 97, 98, something like that. But either way, uh, okay. the, the debut album came out. It was a huge hit in, like, sort of the underground hip-hop scene. It's a really good album. It's, it's Like I said, it's like a strong album. I had it on uh, heavy rotation back in the day. And uh, ever since then, people have been wanting them to come back and make another album, and they haven't mm-hmm. done it for whatever reason. Uh, you know, the uh, maybe the mood wasn't right or the something or whatever. And then right. they came back with this album uh, this year, finally after like a twenty-plus year hiatus. But uh, but wow. since yeah, it's been a while. That's some that's something else. Yeah, late nineties were twenty years ago. Don't don't think about it. They were over twenty years. They oh. were like twenty-five years ago, my friend. I said, don't think about it. I'm sorry, I had to do the math. Uh, but I mean, but since since while all that was happening, uh, Blockstar and Dave Chappelle have been really good friends. Like um, uh-huh. they they both appeared on the Chappelle Show. Uh, I believe I'm sure that I'm pretty sure they were both in his movie Dave Chappelle's Block Party back in the day. Okay. And like the three of them have been really good friends and really tight. So when so that, Chapp- okay, so so they basically Blockstar was on the show because Chappelle was hosting. It's not just they were matching them up. It was Chappelle was like, Hey, I'll come on if black star is on. Yeah. Like I can't prove it, but I'm pretty sure it is. It's the same reason uh tribe called quest was the musical guest when Chappelle hosted because Chappelle right. had enough juice to be like, I want so-and-so to be my musical guest. And uh, which yeah. is great. Cause again, I, I was, I'm a huge fan of tribe called quest. I'm I, I've loved them for years. Black star. I'm a huge fan of them. I've loved them for years. And uh, yeah, there, there are two bands that, I don't think like the mainstream really knows about them, but they are very well respected in the hip hop community and they've come out with some amazing mm-hmm. albums. So yeah. uh, when I heard that they were coming out uh, on this uh, show, I was like, oh, wow, I, I, I'm looking forward to this. And so were both of these new songs then? Yes, they're both new songs off the new album. Uh, the first one, So Be It, I'd never heard of. I'd never heard because the new album you can't get unless you sign up with Luminary, which... Oh yes, yeah. You were, you talked about that last week. It's exclusive to Luminary. Yeah, I okay. I I just don't that ex, that sort of exclusive shit. I just I don't I just don't jive with. I just look. I want yeah. the album. I will give you money for the album, and you give me the album. That's as simple as it should be. I don't want to have to sign yeah. up for some subscription that I'm only going to listen to just for the album. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. Like I mean, you know, we watch a lot of different material during the off weeks and so i've had to sign up for like a few streaming services that i probably wouldn't have signed up for otherwise i signed up for like apple tv so we could first check out ted lasso right right and you know it's a it's a lot because there are so many different streaming services now and it's it is it's very complex and it gets very expensive i mean oh i'm i I, kind of rotate them now like i'll i'll be like a member of this service for a few months and then let it lapse and then sign up again. But yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's, it's a lot. So yeah. And doing that with music too. It's yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I liked, I liked, so be it a lot more than the second number. The The main thing is to keep the main thing. The main thing uh, it did, that didn't really work for me, but I enjoyed so be it. Yeah, I'll agree with you. Like, so be it is a is a banger. I love the beat. The beat is made by uh, this producer Madlib, who's uh comes mm-hmm. out of who's out of L.A. He's made some amazing albums. If you ever listen to the uh, 
Mad Villainy album he made with MF Doom, which is one of the best hip-hop albums of the early aughts. It's fantastic. I love his beats. He was actually there at the show. He was like, you know, he was uh, behind a DJ booth. And oh, cool. uh, yeah, yeah. Like I, I love Mad Lib and I love uh, Black Star. And I, I, I'll i agree with you. I like the first performance I thought was great. I liked how it had the lyrics go uh, on the screen behind them just so you could really see what they were saying and that their lyricism is still there. It's still sharp. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really want to like buy that song, but I can't get it unless I go with Luminary, which again, I ain't doing. Um, yeah. But yeah, the second yeah. song, the main thing, it's definitely like a something a lot more slower. It's more of a head nodder, and it's yeah, it's it's it does get a little meandery in some points. But uh, because I love Black Star so much, I was able to sort of excuse it. But yeah, I will admit it's definitely like it's not as it doesn't get you as amped as uh, so be it. Uh, yeah, it didn't, didn't get you as pumped up. Yeah, yeah, I get that. But you know, it was they played their second number like right before the last sketch of the show. So yeah, you can do the more downbeat. I don't want to say ballady thing, but yeah, the more the more low key, yeah. the thing. the cool down, the cool down, the cool exactly. Down. That's right. That's but right. uh, yeah, so, but uh, overall, I I do I enjoy that both their performances. Yeah, I think. this has been our recurring segment. Darren explains black culture to John while John nods politely. Will it be the first time? Will this be the last time we do it on this episode? Let's find out. <laughs> let's find out suspense all right anything yeah. else to say about the black star uh no I, I i think they're dope they're still dope okay if anybody can all hook right. me up with that album without me having to sign up for luminary uh holler at your boy black star still dope darren's looking for bootlegs people yeah <laughs> hell yeah all right next weekend update with mr colin jost and mr michael che michael che michael che Michael Che. Um, so, you know, big news week. So a lot for them to talk about. You know, Democrats retaining control of the Senate. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just had a good line early on. He said uh, Biden is like the Jurassic World movies. Extremely successful despite a 42% rating. Woo! It's not bad. Yeah, they've been taking a lot of shots at, uh, at Biden, which mm-hmm. is interesting. Like, uh, I've noticed that it's becoming more... You know, if, if you go back in the other years, it's more like they take shots at the Republicans and not so much. They pull back a little on the Democrats, but it seems like now they're kind of giving them both uh, some some guff. Yeah. I yeah. That was interesting. Um, I, I thought it was a decent observation on Biden because he has done a lot of things that have been successful. And I think he's generally doing well as president, but he doesn't really seem to be getting people hyped up the way, like, say, Obama did. You know? Yeah, no, I get it because like he, you know, he's an older fellow and yeah, he's he's sort of seen as maybe I want to say a fossil, but he, well, he's he's more reassuring grandpa than yeah, you know, exciting, exciting new future, charismatic black dude. Yeah, so. I, I think at one point, uh, Che said that Biden was going to make an, a decision to, whether to run next year or not, but uh, his doctors have told him don't plan too far ahead. Yeah, uh, like that, which, another good line. Another woof. good line. Uh, Che talked about the election. He said uh, a record 12 states will have female governors while the other 38 states will have dinner ready on time. And che, che has really been leaning into the, the sexist jokes lately or the sexist persona. He really and has. They And he, he does them with such conviction that they always fall into that God help me I laughed category. And yeah. it's kind of like what I was talking about before where you don't 
agree with the premise behind the joke. And I don't even think that Jay agrees with the premise behind the joke, but he just finds this amusing. So he leans into it. Uh, yeah, I think it's one of those things where it's like, this is, I don't agree with this, but it is funny. So I it's will a funny say joke. It. Yeah. 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 I mean, and it, it's just so audacious and so out there and so obviously wrong. That's part of what makes it funny. Yeah. But then he'll, um, he will say jokes that you can tell he sort of, is more in line with like I like that joke he said about how uh, this white student at the University of Kentucky was arrested for assaulting black students and they were put yeah they were put under, they were put under arrest for impersonating a police officer yeah that's a, yeah that's a great joke solid joke. that's a great that's a great joke and that has like a real world point to make and yeah I'm sure that's closer to his real life POVs mm. than, than that um, and another strong joke I thought was uh, when. Colin Joe said uh, that a 25 year old is the first Gen Z member of Congress. And he says, younger said Matt Gates. <laughs> uh, yeah. Remember when that was the thing where he was, Matt Gates was like macking on young girls that, that kind of seemed to go away. Like literal high school students, like below the age of consent. Uh, Yikes. Not that if they're above the age of consent, that makes the age gap less creepy, but <laughs> yeah, please make that clear. Yeah, no, I, I want to make that clear. It's it's more legal, but still just as creepy. Uh, yeah, it's... Uh, and I don't know how any of those charges haven't really stuck or really brought him down or why that hasn't affected his support in a big way. Uh, it's it's weird. It's a head-scratcher. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's bizarre. <laughs> he seems to be a literal pedophile, and that's not a deal-breaker. Okay, all right. Welcome to the GOP. Yeah. <sighs> Uh, more like the gross old party, am I right? Hey, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Mr. John. Give it up for John Trumbull, uh, ladies and gentlemen. You've been trumbled. Yeah. <laughs> you've been trumbled. Yeah. Um. Uh. So yeah. So let's talk about our desk correspondence. We got desk piece. Desk piece. Marcelo Hernandez, who I got to recognize this time. He comes on as Jose Suarez, who I'm has got to be a character from a stand-up act. I'd imagine so, or maybe, yeah. you know, either from a stand-up act or an old uh, Carlos Mencia sketch. This seems so well-practiced, so well-polished. I feel like he, it's something he's been doing on stage for years. I, so, I could see that. Yeah. For sure. And yeah, he just plays this guy, Jose uh, Suarez, who just feels like he could run for president uh, mm -hmm. in the future. And then he's, you know, he, he talks about his talking points, about like how everybody's complaining about everything. But it's actually not that bad. Everything's fine. Like people talking about, oh, the price of milk is too high. It's like, well, what? Yeah. what? Just don't drink milk. What's the problem? Yeah. Everything is basically fine. That was kind of his premise. Um, I wasn't too nuts about this. I... Yeah. It. I mean, I think it's one of those things where the jokes aren't super strong. Yeah. But like uh, Marcelo's energy, because he plays it so big and so energetic that he's he's a charismatic likable guy he was very committed to the character yeah I, I felt the material was kind of weak i mean the the thing about like roe v wade being a debate about how to cross a body of water I, that's an old joke that's that's an old street joke. Hack. i dude as soon yeah. as he said that i was like really roe v wade? Yeah. that's a that's a, like an old street joke that's some old shit like somebody should have cut that yeah, um, agree. And I'm seeing on the Reddit thread about who wrote what that Marcelo is the only credited writer for this, and some and somebody on Twitter, it might have been Manette Moratti, don't have it in front of me right now, um, 
said, I really think he should have developed this with a writing partner on the show. And I agree with that. Yeah. Like, uh, it's one of those things where he has the charisma and energy to really Mm -hmm. sell uh, a person, you know, sell a sketch or to sell, you know, whatever he's selling. But I think he just needs the material to be stronger. Because a lot of this stuff kind of came across as like old George Lopez jokes or old Carlos Mencia jokes to me. Yeah. And it's just like, I need to... You need the material, man. You just you're almost there. You need the material. Yeah. Yeah. You got yeah, you got two of the ingredients, but if if the jokes ain't there, man. Yeah. yeah. So this I like I like that the new cast member got the exposure. I don't think this was his thing where you're like, oh wow, who is this new person? Um Yeah. I, I but I get he does try he does sell it. I do like uh little facial things he does, like at one point where he's talking about the milk. And he talks to Colin, like, yeah, who drinks milk anymore? And then Colin says, well, you know, I do sometimes like a nice warm glass of milk before bed. And then mm-hmm. Marcelo shoots him like this kind of look of disgust. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, yeah. actually pretty funny. Like his reaction. Well, it's such a white boy yeah. <laughs> response. You know? Yeah. Nice. And, and, and Colin plays to that. Yeah. Um, oh, nice warm milk. Yeah. But yeah. like, I, yeah. But, uh, but I agree with you. I thought this was okay. It's just, he, he ha- he's almost there. He has the energy. He has the charisma. It's that he yeah. needs the material. I think once he gets fingers crossed, we're pulling for you, Marcel. Yeah. Okay. Like once he gets the material, then it's it's off to the races. Exactly. Exactly. And so next, uh, we had another desk segment. This is one that was cut from last week's show. This is a uh, Sarah Sherman debuts Sarah News. Mm. Um, and I think I said just last week that I missed Sarah coming on and busting Collins' chops. I've missed that. We haven't had that since the end of last season. So she comes on with her personal gripe with Colin. Not enough jokes about her. So she introduces Sarah News and brings on her own little miniature Sarah News set. Yeah, and even uh, her own Sarah News opening, uh, complete with, like, falling eyeballs and, like, a heart with teeth. I think uh, my my wife saw that. She was like, oh, that's gross. (laughs) It kind of weirded her out. Let me me ask you something. Like... Do you do you and your wife sit down together to watch SNL, or are you just watching SNL on your own and your wife is puttering around doing other things? Um, or is it a mix? It's a mix. Like, you know, sometimes okay. she'll watch along with me, but sometimes she'll be like, yeah, I'm tired. I'm going to bed. Hmm. <laughs> and I just, okay. I'm just there with my notepad, just burning the midnight oil. Follow-up question. Go. Are you ever going to introduce me to your wife? Uh, hmm... Uh, I'd rather, mm, too soon. Let's. We're not there yet. We're not. We're, okay. We're getting okay. there. We're getting. No, there. I get it. I get it. I'm. You know, we've only been doing the podcast for four years. Um, year five. That's the year, my friend. Okay. All right. All right. Mark it on your calendar. Just, I mean, just curious. Okay. No. Just, just curious. Yeah. No. That's fine. Uh, you know, just don't. As long as you never see my wife or know where I live, we're good. Okay. All right. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Let's. Yeah. Will let's, you tell me her name off air? Ah, ooh, I'd I'd love to, but I don't. Hmm, you know, look, get, come back to me. Come back to me later with that. Okay, all right. We'll circle back to that. Yeah, we'll circle, circle back, back to that. Circle back. Circle back. Um. So yeah, Sarah. Uh, she has some lines. She mentions about uh, her boyfriend in passing. She says, "Yes, I have a boyfriend. I'm as straight as Michael Che's update persona." That was a good line. Oh. It's a great line. It's a great line. You know, nice, nice reaction shot from uh, Michael. Uh, <laughs> uh, and 
I, I wrote down turkey waddle between my legs. Yes. Something to be thankful for. I, I didn't write down what she she was attracted to uh, somebody in the news, and I forget who that was. Uh, John Fetterman, the man that beat out uh, Dr. Oz yes. in the yes. uh, Pennsylvania election. Yes. But yeah. Yes. Uh, who, thank God, beat out Dr. Oz. Oh, thank God. <laughs> we, it, it's sad that we're, it's a sad state of affairs where somebody had, like Dr. Oz actually had a chance of. I know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But here we are. <laughs> here we are. Here we are. Um, but yeah, her referring to it as a turkey waddle was wow. That's uh, that 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 puts a picture in your head. Oh boy! <laughs> and then she also said, "And I recently had an allergic reaction that made my face pop puff up." And then they cut to a picture of her with her 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 face puffed up, and she says, "And now I have something to show HR when they ask me where Colin hit me." Yeah, I think at one point she said she tells Colin, "Bro, I'm going to tell you one more time. Stop touching my leg under the table." Right, right. Um, these are always fun. I feel like they've been doing them just enough that it's not getting old. And she's such a unique voice yeah, on the like, show. She, I mean, her comic sensibility is different from everyone else's on the show. Yeah, like, I think I said it before. Like, she's doing something no one else can really do on the show. Right. Like, she's coming out she's of- filling a slot that nobody else in that cast Nobody else in the cast uh, checks off that box. Exactly. Like, she's coming in dressed up like Harlequin, and she just has this really bizarre view of the world, and, like, it's yeah. it's very refreshing. And again, she sells that material with such conviction. Um, she she goes all in, and, and I love that. Um, yeah, and, they, and she, says, she does it with such, like, glee. There's so much, like, yeah. genuine joy. She just Which, loves twists on the knife. Uh, this was written by Sarah Sherman, of course, Dan Bula, and the Please Don't Destroy Boys, uh, Martin Harrelly, John Higgins, and Ben Marshall. Um, um, I, I would say the one thing that doesn't weird me out, but it takes me out of the sketch a little bit, is when she just identifies herself as Sarah on the show. And I think it's very obvious she doesn't want to be called Sarah Sherman, but she just kind of agreed to that because... Lorna, the network insisted. Mm. Oh, okay. but I, I think it's so weird. She just says, "I'm Sarah." Oh, I and, see what you mean. Because like her, yeah, I, I feel like we gotta we gotta decide this one way or the other. Either call yourself Sarah Sherman on the show, or you know, Lorne or NBC or whoever give her permission to call herself Sarah Squirm. Because I think just calling her Sarah is super odd at this point. Yeah, I see what you mean. It's like you know? it's like how Paul Rubens and Pee Wee Herman are two different people. Well, I mean, Kinda. I mean, Pee Wee Herman, that was that was like an established character. He obviously wasn't the real guy. I mean, Sarah Sherman is Sarah Squirm. The only real difference is the name, I think. I, I guess so. I mean, I guess she wants. I mean, I, I guess I, I, I see what you're saying. I sort of understand. I guess she wants to keep the two personalities separate. But on the show, the two personalities are pretty much this are are the same. Well, like, there's no real difference. See, I. I I feel like it it probably went down something like this. I mean, she she made a name for herself on YouTube and in her stand-up as Sarah Squirm. Right. And then she gets on SNL, and I think she was probably like, I would like to be called Sarah Squirm, please. And then Lauren or NBC or whoever was like, uh, no, you have to be on, on your real name or not at all. Right. I, and yeah. she was like, oh, okay, well, I don't really like that, but okay. 
And so I, I feel like her just coming on Weekend Update and saying, I'm Sarah, is just this weird sort of compromise that just, it doesn't work for me. Mm, yeah, I I see what you're saying, but it doesn't take me out of it too much. It doesn't bug you? Not, I see what you're saying, but yeah, like it's something I don't really okay. think about just because I'm, I'm just real, I'm still reeling from her, you know, referring to in between her legs as a turkey waddle. So I'm not thinking. Well, no, I get that. I get that. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not busy thinking about the Sarah thing. Yeah. So, I mean, I and I don't particularly care which they pick. I just wish they'd pick one or the other, you know? Yeah, fair enough. That's fair. Yeah. So, but I solid weekend update overall, I thought. Yeah, solid. Not, not bad at all, my friend. Not bad. Oh, good jokes. Uh, you know, a strong desk piece with Sarah. Mm-hmm. Not quite as strong uh, desk piece with Marcelo, but hey, he's working on it. He's working on it. Marcelo, just get with the writer. That's what that's, Get with the writer, Marcelo. That's right. That's... They're, they want to be your friends. Yeah, they're they're good people. They're probably awkward yeah. and whatnot, and don't yeah. don't know uh, how to behave, interact socially. But they're good. Just yeah, yep. They don't get much sunlight, but yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we say this as writers, so yeah. So uh, next up, uh, heaven, the heaven sketch. They they call us just heaven scene on on YouTube. I thought it was going to be called black heaven or, or pearly gates, uh, you know, like. But yeah, <laughs> they just yeah. call it heaven scene. It should be. <laughs> Maybe they didn't heaven. want to give away the gag in the title. Um, yeah, but I guess so. yeah. It, again, it starts out with Dave Chappelle introducing the sketch, like he's on Chappelle's show still, and he just says, "Hey, I'm getting a little older and I need my rest, so I'm not going to be in this sketch. But uh, my boy, he stepped up and he stepped in for me. So hey, let's go." And then we just cut to the pearly gates, and and we see Michael Longfellow arriving. In heaven? Yep. <laughs> and we think, oh, Michael Longfellow's playing the Dave Chappelle part. And uh, no, not so much. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we see uh, Devin Walker coming into heaven, greeted by Ego yeah. and Keenan. And he's like, oh, you're in. Oh, I said Michael Longfellow. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> that would be weird if it was him. That's No. Yeah. I can know. I thought I was saying the right name, and that was a brain fart. Excuse oh, me. Oh boy. Uh, but yeah, I can tell the difference between those two guys. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> They're bad with names. They both have medium build, dark hair. Yeah. Look, Gregory. If there's one thing you know about me, it's that I'm bad with names. Uh, thank you. All right. I, yeah. I hear what you're saying, Jamal. So okay. we. So then we see that um, he's he's in uh, Black Heaven, as introduced by uh, Mikey Day, who comes out looking like straight up like Cat Williams. Yeah. <laughs> kind of, yeah. He's got a Cat Williams type wig on and yeah. And he's he's awkwardly reading these lines with lots of black slang and he at one point just says, "Oh, I should not be doing this sketch." Right. And uh so basically this we as we realize the sketch is Mikey Day, white guy saying all these black uh things and black slang while right. whilst Dave Chappelle looks off stage laughing his ass off. Yeah, they 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 literally cut back to Dave Chappelle sitting, in, like you know, by the cameras, and he's just he's just loving it, right? As uh, you know, as Mikey says, "Oh yeah, all the shorties up here got uh, TSA booties," and it's <laughs> that that made me smile, and uh, yeah, him saying, "Yeah, it's all uh, black people up here in Black Heaven," even though uh, some white uh, chicken head hoes clucked they win clucked they way in. Looking for some chocolate sauce. Wow. 
so glad you're reading the dialogue from this sketch. Yeah, I'll... I do not have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, so it's basically the sketch. It's just uh, Mikey, and even Mikey kind of breaks character sometimes, telling yeah. Eden like, "I don't want to be doing this. I can't say that." Yeah, yeah, and it's it's just making a meal out of Mikey's awkwardness and really funny. Um, and then there was a moment towards the end of the sketch where uh, he he said "World Star," right. And we see Dave Chappelle and, and Donnell Rawlings just losing it. They are just losing their shit. And I was like, okay, World Star is obviously something. I'm not familiar with the slang. So I, I went to Urban Dictionary and oh it defines it at World Star as the first word people scream when some ratchet shit is about to go down. So See, when he said World Star, I, part of me in my mind was like, I know what World Star is, and I think there's a good chance John doesn't know. Yeah, you you were correct. You were yeah. like John will never get that. So I, but I could tell from the reaction it was something. Yeah. So, yeah, so basically, I was like, I need to educate. I I wrote down the world the word world world star. Right. So just yeah, as a note to myself to check out and figure out what that means later, because I was like, okay, this is obviously something I need to know to get the full context. Right. So basically, there's this website called I think World Star Hip Hop, and like it's mm-hmm. uh, basically become very popular. Uh, you know, in the urban world for a place where people kind of <laughs> upload videos of, uh, you know, ratchet shit, as you say, like, uh, you know, a, f- uh-huh. yeah, a fight at a Chuck E. Cheese or a fist fight okay, in a gotcha. Walmart parking lot. Cause like people do sure. like when, when something's about to go down, I had people do like sort of pull out their phones and like videotape it and be like, Oh, world star. Oh, world okay. Star. So they're like, Oh, I'm going to upload this to world star. Yeah. So it's, okay, gotcha. it's, it's a thing where people like pull out their phone and go, oh, world star, world star, when they see something uh, uh, okay. is about to go. Okay, down. all right, all right. Uh, yeah. Okay. But um, yeah, I, I like the sketch quite a bit. Like I like uh, Mikey's awkwardness. I like how Keenan at one point says to Mikey, hey, dude, you were on the first season of Wild and Out. You can't go get through this. I like, I like, the, yeah. I like them mentioning that Mikey Day was in uh, Wild and Out. Yeah, that was that was a great line. Um, yeah, he didn't know that Henny was Hennessy. He was assuming that was Ego's character name, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, that was that was funny. And then and then Chappelle comes back at the end, and he's like, and and next we're gonna do a sketch about the horrors and atrocities of the Underground Railroad. And of course, Mike is like, I cannot do that. I cannot. No, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very funny stuff. Yeah. Um, I thought this was probably the best blending of the sensibilities of SNL and Chappelle show. Uh, I would agree. I like how they, they switch up the format too, like where, mm-hmm. you know, it's the, like the, the, uh, uh, the, the cast members break character and it, then yeah. they cut in the middle of the sketch, they cut to Chappelle sitting off camera. Then we, like you said, they, him and Donnell Rawlings are having a laugh. And at one point, him and most deaf are la- all laughing at Mikey, and then it just becomes this whole thing of just trying to embarrass Mikey Day. Like, uh, yeah, I-, I thought this yeah. was a, I thought this was a great sketch. This this might be sketch of the night for me. Good stuff. I think I think it's my sketch of the night too. Yeah, I'm looking at the other candidates right now. Uh, I like I like the turn on potato hole a lot, but I I like this scene all the way through. So yeah, I'll yeah, you know what? This is sketch of the night. I'll uh, I'm making a I'm making a choice right now. Sketch of the night. Boom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I scrolled down a little bit on Urban Dictionary, and yeah, they do say that it came from World Star Hip Hop. And then it says, it explains in parentheses, a popular website that showcases upcoming rappers, latest cultural uh, slash world news, 
butt naked women, many <laughs> fights, etc. And then they give an, an example. This is the example that they give. Girl one, fuck you, bitch. Girl two, throws punch. Guy one, oh shit, world star. Girl one, titty flops out. Girl two's <laughs> boyfriend KOs the boyfriend of the girl one with a nasty left hook. So that's world star, folks. Yeah, pretty much. That's beat word for word. That is world star. That's, so, uh, wow, I've been missing out. I, I gotta, I gotta go to worldstarhiphop.com, man. Yeah, so if you want to see some, uh, you know, people get into a fight at a Popeyes, you got World Star to look forward to. I mean, and who doesn't want to see that? Yeah, from from the comfort of their own, yeah, their own home. So yeah, yeah. Oh boy. Uh, but yeah. Uh, all right. So, uh, final sketch of the night. We're we're here. Final sketch. Uh, please don't destroy election night. Yeah, we got a PDD sketch wrapping up this. Uh, please don't destroy. I, another thing I said last week, I was like, I'm missing the please don't destroy boys. So really nice to see them pop up again and come in again. Um, of course, written by Martin Harley, John Higgins, Ben Marshall. Oh, I didn't give writer credits for the last sketch. Uh, the heaven scene was Alex English, Gary Richardson, and Streeter Seidel. Mm. So, you know, well done, fellas. And uh, yeah, this sketch, you know, please don't destroy boys sitting in their writer's room. Uh, Molly Carney comes in, says, do you guys know anything about politics? And we just, <laughs> we discovered that Molly Carney has now been somehow elected Ohio attorney general. Yeah. Apparently she, uh, put out a tweet. Say, Damn it. Ah, I'm never going to get, yeah. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to try. Guys. No, Hey, Darren, we're, we're going to police each other on this. We're going to get okay. it down, man. We're going to get it down. We're going to get it to the point. We're not yes. even thinking we're, about it. We're going to do it, man. You and me. Just you and me. Molly's a they. Molly's a they Molly's and them. A they. And Molly's they say they. that at the end of the sketch. Yes. So we're getting reminders. <laughs> yeah. So Molly got uh, nominated attorney general through posting a tweet saying, I low-key feel like I'd make a good Ohio AG, LMAO, hashtag in my mm-hmm. feelings. Uh, that tweet went viral. People wrote her in. Boom. Do we know if this was a real tweet or no? I don't think so. Okay. Uh, I was just wondering. I didn't check on it, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so according to MSNBC, uh, Steve Kornacki, who makes an appearance, says... They had the real Steve Kornacki, which I loved. Because, like, when elections come around, yeah, I tune to MSNBC. And Steve Kornacki is the guy who operates the big electronic map they have. And he's... He is so impressive. He he's just always like, oh well, you know, if they take this state, then the the we'll have this many seats in the house, and then the blah, 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 blah. and it's so impressive. And he just does this off the cuff, and I can't imagine like all the research and the people speaking in his ear when he does that. So it was a kick to see him. Yeah, yeah, it was good. And uh, yes, yeah, so Molly is now the new AG of uh, Ohio, mm-hmm. and Molly is panicking. And the PDD boys say, hey, we'll help you out. We'll be your chief of staff. And then we just get this very, like, the rapidest of rapid fire jokes throughout this entire year. Everyone is panicking, and they're just like, how do we do this? And, like, Molly has to make an acceptance speech in, like, five minutes. And if she doesn't nail this acceptance speech, then uh, catastrophic consequences will occur. Um. Yeah, yeah. So it's... Uh, it's, it's pretty, like the jokes here are like, like super rapid fire, super rapid fire. I loved the recurring thing where they kept, where the news stories reporting on Molly being elected to Ohio attorney general kept saying 
that they were uh, a background extra or a stage hand. <laughs> and then Molly's going, I'm in the cast. Right. And, uh, yeah. And of course, and of course everybody panics and they get immediately get, uh, they, they put Molly in a more MSNBC friendly clothing they mm-hmm. get her. They, ah, they get. Mo- they get Molly. They get Molly a family. They get Molly yeah. a family, and of course, it's yeah. Uh, Sarah, with, with Sarah Sherman as like this blonde Republican style wife, right? With uh, two kids, uh, yeah. and immediately Ben says to one of the kids, "Don't you fuck this up for me, kid." Yeah, <laughs> people swearing at children is always kind of hilarious it's, to me. It's pretty fantastic. It's a good go-to. It's a good yeah. And uh, yeah, I I mean it, it's. I mean, the sketch is just pure madness. For it, it really is. I the only point against it for me is I thought the ending was kind of weak. We had Molly just getting ready to, to do their speech, and then it just cuts to scrolling text saying that Molly was forced to resign and go back to being an SNL cast member. Um, and I just I I wanted like a really strong gag at the end, and it didn't it didn't really bring that home for me. So yeah, I'll, I I could see that. Um, yeah. It's because the whole sketch is just so much madness in there. I think at one point, as they're screaming at each other, uh, one of the kids who's in the uh, the family they have for Molly says, "Like, hey, can our AGs even allowed to put in? Uh, are AGs even involved in policy making?" And of course, Ben screams, "Get get this kid out of here!" And then like a security yeah. guard picks up the kid. Yeah, they like fire one of the kids. I also loved I loved that they had James Austin Johnson playing a newscaster, and and he like goes off screen on the newscast and then like the next second we see him open the door this is all one shot and then he opens the door of the office yeah that was hilarious holding a news camera and be like hey it's all right ready for your holding a news camera ready to interview molly uh <laughs> that that was hilarious because again the the please don't destroy sketches are just so rapid fire and i mean this again was just like three and a half minutes yeah they- uh should have been earlier in the show i think but i i kind of get why it wasn't you i agree know, you want to yeah they, you want to put your host in it as much as possible and the host was not involved with this mm-hmm. so so but but it's a great bit of weirdness to end the night yeah uh, they packed a lot of jokes in there and molly was mm-hmm. fantastic i mean i know a lot of people compare yeah. molly to uh you know far chris farley and melissa mccarthy and you know you i can see that i can see that but uh, yeah I, I think molly's Molly's their own thing, yeah. Molly is Molly, yes. Yeah, yeah. But I love, I, I love seeing the comedic sensibilities of Please Don't Destroy. I love it when they meld their sensibilities with uh, other people in the cast. Absolutely. So I, I like seeing them. I, I like seeing the the various mixes that we get, and they really seem to have bonded with Sarah. We see, you know, they they wrote Sarah's segment with her, and Sarah pops up in a fair amount of their shorts. So that's fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, really like this uh, sketch. I thought it was a pretty solid way to end the show. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah. It, it might be my sketch of the night if it had a stronger ending. Uh, but because I thought the ending was a little, eh, uh, I'm going with Heaven Scene. Fair. I think I'd agree with you. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. The, the more I think about the ending of that sketch, I was like, ah, they should have had something a little bit yeah. bigger. But, yeah, it just, it just petered out a little bit. Yeah. Um, also, it was kind of weird in the uh, in the closing scroll. They're talking about Molly. They use they them pronouns, and then on the live show, they immediately cut to a shot of Chappelle, and I was like, "Oof!" Oh, did they? 
They did. Oh, they did. Oh, um, I think I think you can even see this on on the Peacock because I was rewatching on Peacock this morning, and it, it was a different shot of Chappelle. But I was like, they them pronouns just immediately followed by a shot of Dave Chappelle. That's not a great look. Oh. That's not a great look, guys. Egad, I wonder if that was intentional. Not a great look, people. Oh, you got I did not even I did yeah. not even notice that. I was like, heavens! Oh, <laughs> oh my! I fend myself. Uh, I, I faint on my couch. So, um, uh, but yeah, that's but yeah. That was that was a show. Uh, and we had good nights. No bowing on stage. Yeah. Chappelle gave a, a rest in peace or rest in power to take off. Yeah. And um, and we're out. Uh, solid yeah. show again like solid show. solid show did you notice Chappelle said like i'll see you next week he did i think he was just a joke he was just joking he was just fucking yeah up. i was just like oh, oh okay <laughs> i don't think the show is on next week but all right <laughs> it'd be hilarious if he got there and like no one else was there he's like hey what the fuck maybe maybe he's just gonna show up at 30 rock and just be pontificating to no one to an empty studio i could see him doing that <laughs> He could do that. Who knows? Maybe, yeah, maybe he got an open-ended ticket. Uh, yeah. Uh, but before yeah. he flies back to Ohio. I don't yeah. know. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, I mean, overall, yeah, solid show. Uh, I think it's yeah. the strongest show of the season so far. Um, it, I agree. Uh, a lot of it, a lot of the stuff, a lot of the sketches hit more than it missed for me. Um, yeah. It seems like a lot of the sketches were shorter, so they didn't you know, drag and drone on like they sometimes yep. have a tendency yeah, to do. I, I don't like it when the sketches, they hammer like one premise into the ground. Uh, and, and we had some great turns this week. I mean, the, the turn in potato hole was great. The turn in heaven scene was great. Cause they, they lead you, led you to think that one person was going to play Chappelle's character, but no, it's Mikey day. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the barbershop had that nice little turn and, you know, some nice yeah. little commentary there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think, yeah, it's when somebody comes in from another sketch show, like we saw this happen with Keegan-Michael Key when he hosted a little while back. Um, right. Like the the show really kind of bends to their sensibility a little bit and they bring their sketch experience. And I think you get a stronger show out of that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, but yeah, again, like this is a show where I was kind of dreading and ended mm-hmm. up uh, liking quite a bit. I mean, again, like I said, I don't agree with everything that uh, Chappelle said with the um, about the trans people, but you know, I, right. I got to admit, this was a strong show. This was this was probably the best. This was the best of the season. Yeah, I, I think the the it is dethroned the uh, the Brendan Gleeson episode. I'd agree in, in my mind. Absolutely, absolutely. But, uh, so, but what do you guys think? What do you guys out there in the Twitter world what think? Do think? What do you think? What do you think, Twitter Let's people? What, thoughts, comments, Mr. DeSantis, will you be my new daddy? <laughs> that was a, I, again, that was a hilarious. That was a thing you wrote. That is a thing I wrote. Oh, yeah, I did write yeah. that. Um, <laughs> okay, well, here we go. We got uh, our good friend Mikey over in the UK. Mikey. And uh, in, in jolly old England. Hello, hello, hello. Yeah. Who, by the way, I asked him to uh, uh, critique your British accent, mm. and he said you should be the new James Bond. That's right. I'm born James Bond. Yeah. 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 You're having a laugh, ain't you? I'll, I'll take my martinis to shake and not stir it. Stir, yeah. Huh? Huh? 
MGM, I await you. <laughs> I see what you mean. Just starting up my razor. Nice. Uh, MGM, I await your call. Yes. Uh, All right. So, Mikey, you want me to read it or should you? Oh, you can read it. Go for it. All right. He says, hey, guys, pretty sure this episode will split opinion, but overall, I thought it was decent. Cold open was forgettable, and the monologue, as expected, was a solid 15 minutes from Chappelle's stand-up, with a couple of jokes that straight-up bombed with the live audience. Mm. This whole episode felt more like something from an early George Carlin show in season one or two, where we keep cutting back to the host on stage. Um, yeah, it, it kind of was like the Carlin thing, but I think it was really more directly emulating uh, the format where... Of Chappelle's show, where Chappelle would introduce his own sketches. I don't know. They had to have gotten Chappelle's show in England, right? I, I they must have. It's it was so popular here. I can't imagine it not being exported to other countries. No. But you know, maybe Mikey's not familiar with Chappelle's show. Um, he says nothing outstanding sketch wise, but all had a few good laughs. Didn't love the please don't destroy sketch though, which was a shame. Mm-hmm. Highlight for me was weekend weekend update. Good, not great. Okay, fair enough. Uh, then we got our good friend, Mr. Lee Hot the Lion. I, mm-hmm. I refuse to say his name correctly. <laughs> uh, well, we can just go by his uh, screen name, uh, Boardman Gets Paid. Yeah. I, That's a little easier. I guess we could. Uh, mm-hmm. he says, uh, between Atlanta ending, Wakanda Forever releasing, Black Star performing, and Dave Chappelle hosting, this was a weekend. Black Heaven seemed mm-hmm. to be a spiritual successor to Jerry's Palace. Every barbershop has a Philip. I think Sarah. He, he's at Jerry's place. Jerry's pa- place with palace. Good Lord. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure Jerry's place is. I got to look that up. I think that's a Chappelle show sketch. I don't remember that. Is it? I'd have, I'd have to look it up though. Cause it's been so long since I've rewatched Chappelle show. It's been a minute. Uh, yeah. Let me, let me go Jerry's place. Okay. Uh, every barbershop has a Philip. I think Sarah might take over a weekend update and make it absolutely weird. LOL. Even though I watched it live, I skipped the House of the Dragon sketch because I have not seen it yet. All in all, I liked it. P.S. That that's what a potato hole. That's what a potato hole bitch line of the night. P.S.S. Claiming COVID at work is a lot harder than I thought. Oh. Okay. Uh, looked up Jerry's place, and it's J H E R I. Uh, and it's actually an SNL sketch from 2017 that we apparently have both forgotten about. Wow. Um, the thumbnail, I, I'm not going to watch the sketch because, well, I'd need sound. Um, but the, the thumbnail has uh, Leslie Jones and Kyle Mooney and then Beck Bennett, like kind of reporting from the sidelines. So mm. I'm going to assume it's somebody saying something inadvertently racist. Good assumption. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll watch that. I'll watch that again because I don't remember this at all, even from the thumbnail, man. Yeah, me neither, not at all. And this is before we started doing the podcast, so absolutely. Yeah this this might have been in the back in the days when we were just still commenting live <laughs> blogging the the show basically on my Facebook page. Oh, the good old days. The good old <laughs> days <laughs> when we just when we just gave our perceptions literally off the cuff, and we didn't have to like rewatch anything mm. or make actual notes uh. or. Those yeah. were the days. We made so much more homework for ourselves. <laughs> oh, you ain't kidding. Um, okay, so uh, let's see. You did Boardman Gets Paid. I'll take uh, Manette. Uh, so our friend Manette Moratti at uh, Manette M97 says, there's something that felt off about the monologue for me personally regarding Jews in Hollywood. 
It felt like a rehash of the I have a friend so I can say these jokes and still relied on some coded stuff. Also, that part of the monologue ignores history that I've learned. Um, and she continues. Uh, oh, well, she has a screen cap that says, um, uh, yeah, it's a screen cap from somebody else who said, I know the Jewish people have been through horrible things all over the world, but you can't blame Pat on black Americans. I'm sorry. What does this mean? Yeah. I didn't get where that came from either. Yeah. That, that, um, that wasn't a great line. Yeah. And I, I mentioned that earlier. Um, cause it was just weird. I was like, is that a thing? I, I don't know if that's a thing. Maybe that's just something in Dave Chappelle's experience. I don't know. Mm. But uh, Manette continues, but hey, two Jews, three opinions, maybe others felt differently. Yeah, I, I was I was a little, I mean, I think I mentioned it before where like, yeah, like the stuff you said about the Jewish people, like it did, it came very close to the line for me. But, you know, I'm not a Jewish person, so I'm sure like a lot of people who are Jewish felt like he crossed the line. A lot of it came very close to being coded and it I don't know. Like, yeah. I mean, in this climate, it's weird. You can't really say much just because, you know, like I said, anti anti-Semitism is kind of on the rise. And if you say something yeah. about about the Jewish culture, it, there are the people who will take it and twist it in their own, you know, in their own weird mind and make it. Uh -huh. like, it'll it'll fuel them to think the negative thoughts they think about Jewish people. So like it's yeah, it's a yeah. little dicey. Also, like, you know, I mean, like racist trying to be subtle, like you know, people given that the okay sign what we know is the okay sign but it's actually like a white power salute and it's just like holy shit yeah it's um, weird like it's you, it, you have to it's very strange because like you you kind of hope that people when you say a joke people understand the nuance behind it or they understand what your true right. intentions are behind it but in this climate you really can't take that but chance anymore not always no because yeah. people will just kind of take what you say and use it to fuel their own twisted agenda which is fucked up yep Yep. Uh, uh, you just, you have to be very careful because, I mean, yeah, I mean, sometimes someone's generally saying something horrible and sometimes they've just been taken horribly out of context and you, you really do have to do your homework to see which it is. Absolutely. Sometimes. Uh, next uh, up, Thomas A. Cena said, uh, mm -hmm. monologue was real and uncomfortable, but I think the show quickly settled down. I thought it was a good episode and also 100% Understand if anyone refused to watch and respect any cast members or others on the staff who protested in any way. Yeah, I agree. Like, if if you're somebody mm -hmm. who didn't watch this episode or if you're a cast member who didn't want to partake in it, I totally respect that. I totally understand that. I'm, I, you know, I, I, I uh, give you all the all the props in the world for, for doing that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we should mention also uh, Thomas uh, Cena, Cena with an S. Uh, he's also the co-host of the SNL Hall of Fame podcast. Yes, uh, which I was on. So uh, go back and listen to that. I think we, I recorded two episodes, but I think they put out the uh, Tom Hanks episode. Mm. So, uh, so go. Get, to, get to hear Darren's hot takes on Tom Hanks. Hot takes. And, uh, that guy's had an easy ride for way too <laughs> long. But yeah, like it was, it was a lot of fun. It was like a whole episode where we talked about Todd Hanks and his histories with SNL. And um, I believe I recorded another episode where we talked about uh, Dana Carvey, but I don't know if they released that yet. Oh, okay. So, All right. Check it out. Whole, SNL Hall of Fame. Yeah, check it out. Uh, and then lastly, we have Eric Coomer, who I think is, I don't think he's commented on our threads before. So welcome, Eric. Uh, he just says, that was a classic. There you go. So thanks, Eric. So, uh, yeah, diversity of opinions here. Um, 
Yeah, I, I felt like it was generally a strong episode of SNL. And, you know, but I also get the controversy. I get, I get why some people chose not to participate. I'd love to know, just the gossip in me would love to know, like, okay, who boycotted the show? Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, and what is that like when somebody says, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do anything for the show this week? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, you, you kind of have to respect their stance and cause you know, you don't want to sort of create an environment in the workplace where you're like, well, you have to, cause you, you yeah. signed a contract and you're going to perform dance monkey. Yeah. You, you know, you can't. Yeah. Uh, I mean, cause you don't, yeah. Like an employer shouldn't be able to force someone to do something that is against their morality or ethics. So yeah, I, I mean, I hope the show would be understanding and supportive enough of that to be like, Hey, I get where you're coming from. If you're doing, if you don't want to do the show, you don't have to do the show. And I hope that doesn't come back and bite them in the ass anymore. But you know, it, it can't feel great to know like the, the show is basically endorsing this person by saying, yeah, we're going to have this, these people, th- this person with the views you find rep- reprehensible on the show yeah so i mean it's the same i mean it's, it's happened for years like you know it happened yeah last year with elon musk and uh, donald mm-hmm. trump and uh mm-hmm. i mean all the way back to andrew dice clay that's it's uh you know yeah where, where nora dunn famously chose not to be on that show yeah so and i think she was even talked about that on twitter a bit this week don't have the tweets up right now but uh yeah yeah it, it is uh uh, I don't know. It's a dicey subject, and but uh, I don't know. Hopefully, you know it'll it'll all work out. Well, I think we've discussed it from every angle, and I think we've now resolved this issue. It's never going to be a problem again. Yep, we solved it, so, guys. We did it. You're welcome, America. <laughs> hey, USA, 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 USA. All right, so uh, so SNL is taking a break for two weeks, and uh, it's coming taking a break. Yeah, and it's coming back on December 3rd, we found out. Uh, yeah. With a guest host, Kiki Palmer, and musical Kiki Palmer. musical guest, SZA. SZA. Mm-hmm. SZA, just S-Z-A. I, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kiki, That's catchy. Uh, Kiki Palmer, I'm for, I mean, this is a, I think this is a very popular get. I've seen online a lot of people uh, were really wanting to have her host a show. Um for those uh-huh. that don't know, she's an actress uh, who's been around for a while. She's a child actress, I believe. She um, started on like the Disney show. She she was a Nickelodeon person. What's... I I was seeing. Oh, Nickelodeon or Disney? One of those. Uh, yeah. Things. I think. She... But she was yeah. She was like a child star. Yeah. Uh, most recently, she was on the, sh- the in the movie Hustlers with uh, Jennifer Lopez, and most and uh, she was in the uh, uh, recent uh, Jordan Peele movie Nope, which was very good. Oh, so did she do that thing where, like, to to prove that when they're when they're coming out of the child stardom, they they do like sort of a more sexual role to like prove I'm an adult now. Yeah, I'm a grown up. It yeah yeah I, I guess so. That seems to be a real go to thing for you gotta for a lot of uh, the female child stars at least. I don't you you don't see it much. Like you know we never we never had Keenan playing a. Like a, a male prostitute or something. To, not yet. To prove, I'm not. I'm not the guy from Good Burger anymore. Yeah, I'm sexy. Uh, <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Thank. You're welcome for that image, listeners. Yep. You're welcome. Uh, but yeah, as a kid, uh, Kiki was in uh, Degrassi: The Next Generation. 
True ja- okay. True Jackson VP, which was on Nickelodeon. Uh, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, she did. She did a lot of stuff as a kid. Uh, if you remember the movie Akila and the Bee from back in the day, she, I do not. I think that was a movie with uh, I want to say Queen Latifah is. Uh, All right, let's say Queen Latifah then. Let's say Queen Latifah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. but she's a she's a very popular uh, celebrity. She has a huge following yeah. online. A lot of people love her. I've seen her in interview. She has like a very you know, warm, personable personality. A lot of, you know, she, she, people really like her, like to, to the point that, uh, I think it was like a, mm-hmm. a couple of months ago, people really want her to be, uh, rogue when, uh, Marvel does the uh, X-Men in the MCU. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was, it was a, it was a whole thing. Like the same way people really wanted John Krasinski to be uh, Mr. Fantastic. People were like, yo, Kiki Palmer should be rogue. And like mm-hmm. to the point that even, Kiki was like tweeting out, yeah, I'd love to be, you know, I'd love to be rogue. If MCU want to, you know, tweet at me, get at, let me know. And uh, she also kind of, you know, fed the fire a little bit where uh, this past Halloween, she did some cosplay as rogue from, uh, no, that's cool. yeah, and like it, it right. kind of went viral a little bit. So um, the fact that she's hosting uh, SNL, I think a lot of people are looking forward to it. A lot of people really want this episode to happen. So it's, this is, I think this is going to be a good one. Yeah, well, I mean, hey, you're always hoping for a strong show. And and what about SZA? Are you uh, familiar with SZA, uh, or is SZA new to uh, you? She's so, I'm somewhat familiar with her. I know she's an R&B singer from New Jersey, Jersey Zone. Okay, uh, cool. Jersey represent. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, SZA's new to me. I'm, I'm, I'll be going into this show pretty cold. Yeah, uh, she's from Maplewood. I believe I I think I know some people that knew her growing up. Uh, wow, look at that. Yeah, look yeah. at you. Yeah. Looking social. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm friends with celebs. Um, okay, I got it. But yeah, yeah, she's a she's an R&B singer. Has very slow, sultry songs, and uh, she's a she's a big personality. And uh, I'm looking. I think this is a great matchup. I think this is going to be a very interesting episode. So December third, Kiki Palmer and SZA. SZA, be there. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, two days later, uh, be here for the SNL Nerds podcast, where we tell you what we thought about it mm-hmm. and. And by implication, how you should feel about it. Indeed. <laughs> Listen to our thoughts and make them your thoughts. Yes. And uh, next week, should we announce what we're doing next week? I think we kind of settled what we were doing next week, right? We did. We did. Or is that actually no? We we have a possible guest, and we're not entirely sure about that. So maybe we maybe we shouldn't say. Okay. All right. We'll 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 keep it on the back burner. We'll keep it on the low. Because we're because like if if we. If the the person can't do it, we're going to hold this movie for that person, right? Yes, I would say so. That's what that's where we came down on that. Yes, let's that's okay. absolutely. And th- this is a very busy person. Yeah, a very important person. So busy man of note. A, a busy man. Yeah, we can say he's a man. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He's a manly man. He's a man um, amongst men. He's he could be a Superman. Mm. We're... A Superman of sorts. Yes. <laughs> yes. We... Yeah. Brandon Routh is going to be on the podcast. <laughs> I thought it was Henry Cavill. Oh, uh, did we double um, book? Fuck. Damn it. Okay. Anyway. Um, oh, no. So, yeah, we're going to do a thing, and we think we'll, we'll be amusing. Like, we... Yeah, literally, we... It, it came up that we were possibly doing this movie, and this person was like, oh, I want to. I want to do that. So, yeah, we're going to... We're just going to work out the scheduling. Yes, we'll work it and out. Hopefully it'll work out. Yes, yeah. so uh, tune in and see uh, who the mystery guest is. And uh, 
That's our episode, guys. Thanks for listening, as always. Thank you for supporting. Thank you, thank you, thank you. As always, you can mm-hmm. follow us on Twitter at SNL Nerds Show. As always, yes. you can uh, donate to our Patreon. Go to nondashproductive.com slash SNL Nerds. And as always, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Darren Credible. That's D-A-R-I-N, Credible. Yeah, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Trumbull Comic. That's T-R-U-M-B-U-L-L and the word comic. And uh, I, I guess I should mention, uh, yeah, the, the GoFundMe that I mentioned and talked about last week, that is still going. Um, you know, still not quite at my goal, still not quite out of the woods yet. So if you can do that and help me out, that would be really appreciated. Yes. Please, please give. Stop. Be generous. Please, give. please, please give. Um, it's the season. You know, so, yes. So, um, I think that's about it. I can't think of anything else important that we had to say that we haven't said. So, hmm. Yeah. Well, all right then. So, we'll see you next week. But until then, nerds, nerds out. out. Have fun blending those two together, Frank. <laughs> this has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.